Welcome to the Obscure Pastor Podcast. I'm Drew Carpenter, your host on the podcast for all kinds of ministers and other followers of Jesus who work in relative obscurity. Today on the Obscure Pastor Podcast, I'm talking to Andrew Yakel. He served at Fifi Baptist Church in Bridgeton, Missouri since 2012 and is their associate pastor right now. He was born and raised in the North County area of St. Louis, and he previously served in church in a youth ministry in Texas. Andrew graduated from Southwest Baptist University in Bolivar, Missouri, and he received a master's in education from Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary in Fort Worth, Texas. He's been married to Teresa, his wife, since 2005, and they have two daughters, Claire and Evelyn. Andrew likes cheering for the St. Louis Cardinals, the Dallas Cowboys, and the Detroit Red Wings. And he loves all things Star Wars. He and Teresa love watching movies and going to the park with Claire and Evie. So, Andrew, welcome. Thanks for having me, Drew. You betcha. Well, I, maybe I just have to have you explain that the Cowboys, the Cardinals, and the Red Wings. Yeah. Before yeah. we get too far kind of, into this. Yeah, it's kind of a multiple personality sort of thing. No, so um, I, I grew up in St. Louis, and so you have to be a Cardinals fan growing up right. in St. Louis. It's not a choice. You're just born into it. Um, and I'm proudly a Cardinals fan. Um, but then, uh, obviously, if you remember, we had the Rams for a while. And for all but like one of those years, they were just atrocious and just barely a football team. Um, and so then when we moved to um, uh, Fort Worth for um, seminary, uh, you know, Fort Worth and Dallas are like sister cities. They're right next to each other. And so just kind of the same thing, like it's hard to be there and not get engulfed in the Dallas Cowboys culture. Uh, and so we kind of got indoctrinated into that. And so we um, but unfortunately, they're really nothing to root for right now either. And then the Detroit Red Wings is the oddball one of all of them. Never lived in Detroit. Um, when I was growing up, I loved playing video games. And um, my parents got me one year NHL 93 for the Sega Genesis. And we had the St. Louis Blues, but I was never, for some reason, I just never, like, I'm fine with them. I'm not against them. But, you know, as a dumb kid, when you get a video game, like, you just want to be the best. And the best that year was the Detroit Red Wings. So I started playing as that. Well, that really annoyed my stepdad, which kind of made this fun, like, okay, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to engage this. And so, uh, yeah, it kind of started as a little um, joke there to my stepdad because of this video game. And then actually, oddly enough, you know how kids, like, in middle school, they're looking for anything to connect to. There was actually a small group of like Red Wings fans there. And so I kind of got in with these guys and I'm like, oh, I'm finding community here. So great. And so it kind of grew from there. And of course, you know, the 90s and early 2000s were really good to the Red Wings. So it was really easy to be a Red Wings fan. Um, but again, they're also terrible now, too. So across the board, I'm not doing so well in sports teams right now. <laughs> it kind of comes around, doesn't it? So you agreed to come on the Obscure Pastor Podcast. We we met through my aunt, who is a member at the church that you serve at. Um, she thinks real highly of you, and I'm always looking for folks that are relatively obscure to come on the podcast. And so, I don't yeah. know if you consider yourself obscure. I'm guessing you might, but if no, you I'm do, a huge star, Drew. Yeah, um, no, yeah, I'm, I would definitely consider myself obscure. Yeah, why? Why do you consider yourself obscure? You've been in ministry for about 15-ish years, a little bit more than that. 10, 10 to 10 to 12, something like that. Yeah. yeah. I consider myself obscure in the big picture sense, but you know, I think part of a goal of a church is like, you want your community to know you. 
you know, you want to be known and uh, seen as a valuable part of the community. And so while I, I consider myself obscure in the large picture, like, you know, you say my name, most places, nobody knows me, but like, I want my school district to know who I am. I want the neighbors of our church to know who I am. And so, um, you know, I've tried to build those relationships to where in the Bridgeton area, I'm not as obscure. Um, and, uh, Again, not not for my own attention, but because, you know, I want people to know Fifi Baptist Church as a place that is loving, that will take care of them, that will welcome them, that will, you know, proclaim the truths um, of the gospel. Um, so, yeah, I definitely think in one sense, I'm definitely obscure. In the small local sense, I'm trying not to be obscure. All right. Well, very cool. Well, so this has been a weird year for all of us. What are kind of unrelated to COVID, what are, what are some challenges that you've faced in ministry in the last few years? Yeah. Um, well, we got a new pastor a couple of years ago, so that was not necessarily a challenge, but, you know, just a, um, a fun time of change in our church. Um, but it does cause some challenges just with, we, we had, our previous pastor was at this church for 21 years. And so, you know, people were used to, here's how he does things. And he was open to change. And in the time that I was here with him, he brought about some big change in the church. And so it's not like we were um, foreign to the concept of changing how we've done things. But we are uh, an older congregation and pretty well-established church, traditional church in a lot of senses. And so bringing in a young pastor um, and him seeing, here's some changes we need to make. And how do we do that in a wise way? Um, has definitely brought on some some challenges, some difficulties. Um, and it's been a learning process for all of us, him included, um, as far as like how far can we push this change? Because, um, you know, we sometimes we get this bad idea in traditional churches of like the older people are our enemy of like they're against change. and But the reality is like they're part of our church, like they're our congregation, they're our sheep, we need to care for them. And so that means that, we can't necessarily make all of the push towards like younger things that we may want to, because we have a responsibility to love them and help, uh, you know, declare the truth of the gospel to them as well. Um, and so it's been, a, you know, a balancing act, but I think we've kind of come out in a, a healthy place. Um, so, yeah, it's, you know, you're going to make people mad anytime you make change. So you just have to accept uh, what are the things that we can let them be mad about and what are the things that we need to, you know, kind of step back on. Did, did you happen to read uh, Gordon McDonald's book, um, Who Stole My Church? No, I've heard good things about it, though. <laughs> yeah, I've ended up reading it twice. I had to read it for a, a class I was in recently, but um, it's very much that. It's like, okay, he wasn't the new pastor, but he was trying to create some change in a congregation, a well-established congregation in the Northeast. Yeah, just to be cognizant of, yeah, these I love these people that I'm working with. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I don't have yeah. all the answers for all the whatever needs to happen next. Yeah, absolutely. What do you do? What do you do? Where do you get inspiration from? What do you like to read? Is it music? Is it just being out in nature? What are the things that inspire you, um, especially when things are difficult? And we can't talk about what what are you doing right now in the middle of COVID? Because that might be helpful for folks that are kind of having to self-quarantine and things like that. Right. Yeah. So, uh, like I said in the, in the bio, my wife and I love watching movies. Um, and so that's kind of one of our big escapes is that we like to, and unfortunately, one of the downsides of COVID is we haven't been able to go to the movie theaters. Um, so we, you know, watch a lot of Netflix and Disney plus, um, 
but that, that's kind of an escape for us as we we kind of get away into that world that allows us just to step outside. And, and we like to then, you know, we we're the nerdy people that after we see a movie, then we hop on IMDb and read all of the trivia and see who's connected, which actors to, oh, yeah, I remember him from that thing, too, and that director. And so. Um, so, yeah, we kind of get lost in that world. We do like to go to parks a lot with our daughters. Um, we, we went camping for the first time this past fall with them. Uh, with a seven and nine year old, and so that was that was fun. Um, so we're getting a little more into the outdoorsy thing, um, which we love, and luckily our girls really love it so far. Um, and St. Louis um, has a ton of great parks, and so we kind of get to try new places all the time and go for hikes. And um, um, I started uh, was it last year? Um, anyway, when I Thursday's my off day for work, and the kids are in school, and so. For the first time when both kids are in school now, I actually get a day all to myself, which seemed a little selfish at first. But I started doing um, kind of like mental health hike days where I would just go on my own and just go and sit. Uh, You know, I'd I'd take a backpack with uh, my Bible, a journal, whatever book I'm reading at the time. And I would just go and walk for a while, find a bench, sit for a while, read, you know, whatever it is. Um, But man, that's been so helpful. Um, You know, I think there's something, you know, God designed us to kind of to need that rest but I think that being in nature adds this extra element of rest that's that's needed that sometimes you can't get when you're you know sitting in your room um, or sitting in your office or anything Um, so really getting out and doing those things is uh, you know just being out in nature has been super beneficial yeah up in Pennsylvania like I was going to go out for a walk later today and it's in it, it's in the 40s, but the wind is about 19 miles an hour. And so I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to be able to do that. We'll have to just nope. find the elliptical in the basement. And yeah, winter's not friendly for uh, for the outdoors. <laughs> yes, yes. Just getting outside for a few minutes, seeing having some sunshine or just fresh air. If that's even really yep. a thing anymore. But uh, <laughs> right, yeah. Trying, trying as as fresh as city air can be. That's yeah. right. So yeah, but my, um, my wife is my wife is a psychology teacher, and so she really talks about the benefits of just that, you know, breathing that air, seeing the sunshine, feeling that on your skin, like right. it makes a difference in life. Yeah, and we've got people that are going to have like seasonal de- affective or you know mm-hmm. disorder or whatever, and yeah. that's probably just going to ramp up with oh, kind of I mean, where we're at, right? Yeah, like everything else with you know mental health issues on the rise. Um, you know, yeah, I'm really concerned as we get into holiday season, as we get into, yeah, the normal, you know, this is generally a lower point for mental health things, um, or lower in the, not in the overall numbers, in the people are lower um, season. And so, yeah, that's that's definitely a big concern. You mentioned you might take a book with you. What are you reading right now? Uh, I like to mix it up in my books. Um, we, uh, as a staff, we try and go through a book once in a while. And so I kind of generally have a a book that I'm doing as a church and then something personal that I'm reading. So as a church right now, we're reading, um, or as a staff right now, we're reading Christians in the Age of Outrage by Ed Stetzer, um, which has been super beneficial this political season. Um, we kind of shows that on purpose. Um, and it's been very eye-opening and uh, helpful, I think, for us as a staff and how we interact with people. Um, and then personally, um, uh, as you said at the beginning, I'm kind of a Star Wars nerd, so I read... Um, uh, my cousin let me borrow an old Star Wars book. I just recently started reading through all this Star Wars. There's a ton of Star Wars books. And so I just started reading through some of those. Um, and then actually, we one of our friends from college published her own 
um, young adult novel. And so my wife and I supporting her bought that book recently. And so I started that yesterday, I think, um, called Goddess and the Machine. So I can't recommend it because I don't know anything about it yet, but I can let you know soon. Well, very cool. Do you guys watch The Mandalorian? Of course. Yeah. Okay. That's my Friday morning routine now is I wake up early so I can watch it on my own. And then my wife and I watch it that night afterwards. Oh, so you watch it twice. I do. Every Friday I watch it twice. That's the level I'm at. My wife is not as big a fan and she likes to make comments throughout. And so it's really healthier for all of us if I watch it on my own first and then we engage together. Oh, that's awesome. You've been in this for a little while. Do you have staff that you that report to you as the associate? No, I don't. Okay. Are you like in pastoral care? Tell me, talk to me a little bit about kind of your role at the church. The, the role is I'm associate pastor in charge of missions and outreach. And so that includes everything from our welcome team on Sunday mornings, um, follow up with visitors and guests. Um, that includes everything in our community that we do outside of the building. So right now during COVID time, that's really ramped up um, in some new ways. We started partnering with our local food bank to host a, what they call a mobile market every two weeks. Um, and so we have, uh, we just had one this past Monday and we had a couple hundred cars come through our parking lot, um, providing food for around 700 people or so. And we do that every other Monday. And so anything like that, where we're connecting with the community, trying to, you know, our outreach stuff. And then that also includes all of our mission activities. So we do um, a youth summer mission trip, um, which I partner with our youth pastor to plan. And then we do, um, we have a partnership with the church in the Dominican Republic that um, we have done the past two years. Um, and so we, well, we didn't do it this past summer, but um, the two years before that, and then we're planning towards another one this next year. Um, so basically a lot of the stuff outside of the church that is focusing on um, providing for people, sharing the gospel, all of that. So you had to come up with all the, um, the COVID mitigation efforts for anybody that was coming in on a Sunday. Is that right? Uh, we, I partnered with the senior pastor. We kind of, we, we talked about a lot of that as a staff, yeah. um, but, but then, yeah, when it came to, okay, how does this apply with our greeters and all of that? And we, you know, again, we're an older congregation. And so several of our greeters were older folks that have chosen not to come back. So then it's like, well, how do we fill these roles? How do we, so yeah, it was, it was a bit of a headache, but yeah. I think we've kind of figured it out. Yeah. That's yeah. That's been interesting for us too. Is just some people are not, you know, they may work in jobs where they can't really do extra. They go to their job, they do their work, whether they're in the medical profession or some other kind of high contact job where it's like, I've got to make sure that I'm not overexposing myself or anybody else. And so that's been a challenge for folks too. So you don't want to go around living in fear, but you also want to be careful. And yeah, I mean, we, yeah, we don't see it as living in fear at all. We see it as loving our neighbor that, you know, we don't necessarily know if we're going to have it. And so we don't know who we're going to pass it to. So we're trying to do all we can to mitigate that. Right. And there's been so many people that have been just asymptomatic and yep. just because you're that doesn't mean you didn't spread it around. So yeah, well, that's what we had. a. Um, we actually had it in our staff. We had four of our staff members get it. Um, and so we had to shut down for two weeks. Um, everything at the church, totally nothing held at the church, no physical contact with the church for two weeks. And, uh, and yeah, it was one of those where the person who had it had no idea that he had it um, hmm. and passed it on. So, Man, did, did anybody get very sick? Any of your staff? I don't know if you. No, can, I, I don't mean, know if we, we can couple, talk about this. Right? Yeah, <laughs> we can. Yeah, well, if, Hippa call, if Hippa calls us, we'll we'll know we've gone too far. 
Um, no, no, it was all, for the most part, mild cases. One person had a pretty high fever that lasted a while, but nothing, nothing life-threatening that we felt. They're all recovered now. That's good. Do you have advice for other ministers? Like if you're talking to somebody that's just starting out in ministry, what is it? You've been in this 10 to 12 years now. What is it that you could tell somebody that just starting out that probably has similar gift sets to you and I, where we might not be the preacher on Sunday morning. We may never write a book, but we want to be in this for the long haul. What do you, what do you tell guys and gals that are jumping in? Yeah. So one of the, best rules that I have for ministry and the rule that I put in place for every mission trip that I make sure everybody that goes on a mission trip with me knows is the way that you're going to last is by being flexible. That flexibility is the key that you have to be, you know, I mean, we all know in ministry roles, like you have your defined role and then you have, well, here's all the things that I also have to do. And so the more that you're okay with, you know what? Yeah. Some of these other things. um, Yeah. I just have to pick those up and do those. And so just being flexible, accepting that, God may call you to do random things at random times, um, uh, not in the calling you to a different church, but in your role, he may call you to do random things and interact with people in random ways. Um, our, our previous pastor used to always say that he starts every day by you know kind of praying through his schedule, but ending by saying, but God, if you have something that is not on this schedule, I want to do that. And I want to be have the flexibility uh, of mind to do that. And so I, I think just being flexible that uh, whatever... Um, you know, especially not being the head guy that whatever my senior pastor asks of me, like, yeah, I'm going to do it. And I'm going to try and do it with a good attitude and do it to the best of my abilities and all of that. Um, and so I think being flexible um, and, and that's most of the time I say that to preach to myself um, because I'm a very like oriented, um, task oriented, goal oriented. Um, here's my to-do lists, multiple to-do lists of like what I've got to do at home and work. And so I'm very um, kind of type A like that. And so uh, when I say be flexible, most of the time I'm saying that so that I remember um, that, you know what, just because that's what's on my to-do list doesn't mean that's what I have to actually do today. Right. That's good. Um, do you have a, a favorite musical artist? Yeah. So when I was um, kind of sort of uh, when I was younger, uh, it was a small band called Dogwood. They're a Christian band out of um, Southern California and they were kind of a punk rock band. Um, and I, I just love them. Uh, I kind of got into a, a little bit heavier, uh, phase of music and, uh, loved all that stuff. Project 86 and, um, uh, Dogwood and all those guys. Um, but then as I got older and mellowed out a little bit, um, I started, uh, following U2, which makes me seem really old. It's kind of the opposite end of the spectrum, uh, from the young punk punk band to the now, you know, 70 year olds. Um, but yeah, I just love them. Uh, I've got to see them a couple times in concert and, uh, both times their shows ended and it, it genuinely felt like a worship experience. Like, you know, I don't know how much you know about Bono's story, but you know, I've read his um, biography and read some other things about him. And, you know, I, I genuinely, it seems like he genuinely, uh, loves the Lord and understands grace and, uh, and yeah, they've, uh, so yeah, YouTube's the answer, even if that makes me feel old. Well, don't feel old because I was probably in junior high school when they were on the rise. Sorry to make you feel old. Yeah, Sorry. no, I already feel old before this, so it's all good. 
I was looking at when you graduated and stuff. I was like, oh my gosh, I was having, <laughs> yeah, never mind. So is Dogwood still a band or are they oh, all no. they, working tech jobs someplace? Out yeah, some probably. Out? Yeah. They're, they're doing worship in their churches or working tech jobs. I'm sure. Yeah. Okay. No, they put out a good, like six or seven albums. Um, but then yeah, just moved on. There you go. Well, cool. What's something about you that not very many people know? Um, one thing that I don't necessarily advertise a ton people close to me know it a lot. I, and this, I feel so uh, weird when I say it out loud. I, I love Disney, which makes me seem like a little kid. And sometimes I feel like a fool. I love all things Disney. I love Disney movies. I love all star Wars, Marvel stuff. I love Disney world. Um, I, I love reading like biographies of Walt Disney. He was such an interesting character. I love the whole shebang, which I know is the same thing that like seven year old girls say, but I I'm okay with that. That's that's okay. Um, no judgment here. Um, so you you live in St. Louis area. Do you know you know Disney had a childhood home in Missouri? Have Marceline, you been to that? Missouri. Have you been to Marceline? No, it's on my list. Okay, yeah, it's kind of the opposite side of the state from us. So I we a few years ago the kids were little ish, probably yeah they were in elementary school, but we went for a family reunion because my dad's my dad's family is from Menden, Brookfield area, like West Missouri. Right. Chillicothe. I don't know if that, yeah. Would, yeah. So I, that, I that, kind of, that kind of area, I, I mean, Menden had like 200 people in it. So it's right. a tiny little town, Rothville. And so we went up for a reunion and we took, drove the kid, drove up. We were lived in Texas at the time. So we're like, you know what? We're going to do some fun stuff while we, while we're here. So there was a covered bridge close to there. And then we went to Marceline and saw the, a, a tree house or some, some kind of tree or whatever, but it, they have like this little tiny little museum. That's kind of yeah. an ode to Walt Disney. And so it was that's fun. Awesome. You, you should, you should go before your kids get too old. You know, if it's still yeah, in existence, I mean, it may not be, right. right. I don't know. I don't, I think it was a private institution of some kind, but anyways. Yeah. It's on, it's on the, the goals list. So if you like Disney, you ought to check it out. I feel I like there's a really Goofy, not goofy, wrong word. Right. <laughs> There's a big Mickey Mouse. I feel like that was a thing. There was a big Mickey Mouse in the museum. And so I don't know how they curated all that. And I'm I'm not sure. I'm sure his estate's probably not getting any money off of it. Like he needs it. They need yeah. it. Whatever. Exactly. Anyways. So like Disney princesses, everything. Uh yeah. So I mean, I have two daughters, so Yes, to a degree. I mean, not necessarily personally for myself, but I enjoy the joy that my kids get out of that. And so I, you know, wholeheartedly support that in them. All right. Very good. Um, have y'all been to the, the parks? Yeah, we, we go about every four years. In fact, we were supposed to go this past summer mm-hmm. and obviously it got canceled. And so we have right. uh, scheduled for this next summer. So right. yeah, this, this will be my first time getting to do, they've opened a new Star Wars land there Ooh. called Galaxy's Edge. And so I'm, the, the nerd in me is going to burst with excitement when I get to step into that. <laughs> and you said that about being type A, so you're going to have it all planned out before you oh, get Oh, of course. Right. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. That's, that's, I know that a lot of people, it stresses them out to think of like planning for Disney because it's so overwhelming. No, I'm super excited. I have my, <laughs> you know, I use Evernote. I don't know if you know Evernote, uh-huh. like an organizational tool. Yeah. I love Evernote and I have my everything planned out. Yeah. I've Evernote, but it's kind of like, and I've been using it for years and it's kind of like a big filing cabinet for me. Right. Yeah. And I used to use it very 
almost religiously to kind of keep my days in order. Mm-hmm. But now I just kind of keep it as a, it's, it's a filing cabinet and it's fairly organized, but uh, if I need to find something and I tagged it, I'm good. But that's what I'm using right now. I've got your bio and my questions up on my Evernote. Andy. Yeah. How do people find you if you want to be found? Are you on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat? Uh, uh, what else? There? TikTok? You got little kids. Now you're on TikTok. I don't know. Right. No, they're, we're not allowing them into that world yet. Um, they're not quite that old. Good call. Because um, I, I don't think I should be in all of that world either. So I'm on um, Facebook and I'm on Instagram and Twitter as A.D. Yakel. Uh, my last name, Y-A-K-E-L. And then our church website. I don't have a personal website, but just our church website, ffbc.org. Um, and I'm semi-active on those sites. Not as, not as much as, you know, a lonely teenager, but more so, more so than a 60-year-old probably. Somewhere right in that age. Oh, I don't know, man. I know some 60-year-olds that are pretty active on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think we should all be a little less involved on Facebook. Absolutely. I'm always looking for folks that I kind of know, but maybe I don't know. And we got to meet and I enjoyed you. And my, my aunt Miriam thinks you're great. So that was, well, she might not think you're great. She really liked you though. So right, right, yeah. I don't want to speak. Yeah don't, yeah. don't put too high a title on it. Yeah. I paid her well. to. to say <laughs> things. Yeah. No, I appreciate you having me on, man. I've enjoyed this. This episode concludes season two of the Obscure Pastor podcast. I've had a lot of fun doing this in 2020. Hope to be back for season three in 2021, where I will interview other obscure pastors just like me. Well, not just like me, but you know what I mean. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Obscure Pastor podcast. If you like the podcast, share it with a friend. Subscribe today and sign up at ObscurePastor.com. You can also find me on Twitter and Instagram at Drew Carpenter. So let's be friends.